Yo, what is up, everybody? Episode 14 of the Will Wonder Pod. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Hepius. Hepius is your number one place to go for premium CBD products at a fraction of the cost. Uh, no THC, so no worries if you get drug tested. It is locally sourced and third-party tested. Uh, I've said this a number of times, but I love that number 14 roll-on. I'm um, getting back in the gym finally. I'm all vaccinated up, so I signed up for Old Planet Fitness where it seems like nobody goes, but that's perfect. Uh, in these uh, still pandemic times, uh, work out with the mask on. But being back in the gym, I noticed I've lost a ton of strength. And um, man, I'm a little, uh, not a little bit, I'm pretty damn sore after after the workout. So um, use that number 14, roll on freeze, helps with those sore muscles and joints. Uh, go check them out, happiestmed.com. Use code WONDER at checkout for 10% off of your order. Once again, that is happiestmed.com, H E P I U S M E D.com. Okay, so what's been going on since we last talked? Uh, I officially started school. Um, first week seems somewhat easy. Shout out to the University of Phoenix where I will, um, within the next uh, about year and a half, maybe a little bit longer, have my bachelor's degree and just be done with it. Maybe. I don't know. You never know. Maybe a master's in, is in the uh, future, but it's not right now. <laughs> not in the plans, I should say. Um, but that, that's been fun, getting back into uh, school and reading and, you know, um, working with uh, other students and, and responding to their posts and, you know, participation and all that. That's been cool. Um, let's see. What else? It, it's, it was kind of a slow week all in all. I felt like not much happened. Uh, we have the little Nas X craziness for those people who remember Old Town Road um, and don't pay attention to anything on social media. Uh, the Old Town Road singer, <laughs> Little Nas X, put out a, a new song. Um, I believe it's called Montero, and uh, the song's okay. The in the music video, um, you know, he's giving. There's no other way to really say it. He's giving the devil a lap dance, grabs the devil's horns, puts them on his head, which I don't care, um, you know, one way or the other. I know some people were pretty outraged over it, and that's why he did it, to get people to talk and uh, probably distance himself from, you know, being uh, known as, as a kid's singer with, with Old Town Road. But Old Town Road did slap, I'm not going to lie, um, especially the BR, BRC remix. Yeah, my guy Rob Reynolds knows what I'm talking about. That Billy Ray Cyrus remix, that went off. And I don't care what anybody says, okay? Um, but to further what's going on with Lil Nas X and the craziness, the devil craziness, uh, Lucifer, uh, he he uh, partnered with this shoe custom company to put out uh, like these devil shoes that, you know, had the number 666 on them and had one ounce or one drop of human blood uh, in the soles and man, people were losing their mind and, um, you know, whatever there, I, I don't care if someone's religious or not, but, uh, a lot of people started coming at Nike because they were Nike Air Maxes and, uh, this, this customs company and little Nas X decided to put out 666 pair. What people don't understand is Nike has nothing to do with this other than this, this customizable shoe company bought 666 pairs of these to change and do all this, you know, weird shit to and put out. So, um, 
a lot of people were coming at Nike for this. Well, Nike distanced themselves really quick. You know, uh, we have nothing to do with that. Yes, those are our Air Maxes. This company buys them. They do the custom work. Well, now um, Nike's actually sued that company as well as Lil Nas X. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, it seems kind of weird to sue over this. And I feel like there's probably some more underlying um, reasons for them suing. Not, not just the devil stuff. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I'm sure it'll all come out in, in due time and, and hopefully it just passes. Nobody gets sued and they just say, all right, you know, we won't put out devil shoes anymore. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, people are buying them 18. I think it was like a thousand eighty a pop, but no way in hell I'd ever buy his shoes for that much. Just as a, as an FYI, I guess, unless this podcast gets really, 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 really big. And I'm like a thousand eighty dollars is like nothing to me, you know? Then I might splurge and buy like some vintage Jordans or something. Shout out to Emerson Kennedy, the biggest Jordan hater on the planet. Anyways, uh, let's, uh, what else, what else, what else? Oh, uh, on the sports side of things, quick NFL update. Looks like the NFL is now going to be playing 17 uh, regular season games, which, you know, the, the meaning or the reason behind this must be that the owners are trying to recoup money lost from, you know, last season. That's the only thing I can think of. The players probably aren't in favor of it, and I'm sure the fans really don't care one way or the other. And, and honestly, they're probably actually happy about it because what NFL fan is going to be upset at another game added to the season? Okay, I'm just going to do some quick NBA talk here uh, because I, I have a a uh, long discussion with uh, my buddy Kurt about the trade deadline aftermath, some of the buyout stuff. What I wanted to do uh, on the intro here for the NBA update is just kind of touch back on the MVP ladder that I've talked about from uh, time to time on the pod. Um, uh, for the time being, I'm going to take Embiid and LeBron out of it just due to their injuries. So my ladder looks like this right now. Number one would be Jokic, 27 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, eight and a half assists, one and a half steals. Um, and the Nuggets are seven and three in their last 10. Uh, next up would be Damian Lillard, who I picked at the beginning of the year to be my MVP. So hopefully we can get there and make me look really, really smart. But anyways, um, I have him in second at 30 points per game, 4.3 boards, 7.7 assists. Um, and Portland is seven and three as well in their last 10. Third right now, I have Giannis, who more than likely won't win this award because nobody votes for the same player. No one's ever won it three times in a row. Uh, in modern day NBA. So he's uh, averaging 28.6 points per game, 11.6 rebounds, 6.4 assists, and 1.3 blocks per game. And they are also uh, coincidentally 7-3 in their last 10 games. Fourth, uh, on my ladder anyways, I have James Harden. Um, now he's probably not going to get this because a lot of the people who vote for this probably didn't appreciate what he did in Houston and how he handled that. But if you look at how he's played with Brooklyn, with um, Kyrie out most of the time, with Durant out the whole time, uh, and Brooklyn's looking great, eight and two in their last 10, he ha he's averaging 26 points per game, 8.2 boards, 11.2 assists, and 1.3 steals. Those are crazy, crazy numbers. Um, Number five, I have Luka Doncic, whose Mavs are actually kind of struggling. They're five and five in their last ten. He's averaging twenty-five or twenty-eight point five 
points per game, 8.1 boards, 9 assists, and 1 steal. Uh, Just outside of the top 5, I have Kawhi and Steph Curry. Okay, let's get into some NCAA tournament talk. Tournament is rolling on. It's been a lot of fun so far. As I record this, we are about halfway through. Yep, halfway through the Elite Eight. There's some games tonight. Sunday, man, Sunday I really enjoyed the UCLA-Alabama game. Went into OT due to a (laughs) a last-second shot by a backup power forward for Bama, Alex Reese, uh, who'd only played 13 minutes in that entire game. He was one and two, but from three, I should say, one, one for two from three. And, but he hit the one that mattered and sent the game in the OT. But man, then UCLA just went on a tear and ended up winning by 10. Last night, uh, Oregon State lost to Houston, but put up a valiant effort. They were down big early and came back uh, to make it a game in the end. USC, man, USC looks great. Evan Mobley, both Mobleys look really good, but Evan Mobley uh, is f- for sure going to be the number two pick, though I would honestly think about taking him at one he's a very he's very unique uh his height his ball handling ability shooting post defense just defense as a whole uh as i record this usc is getting ready to play gonzaga so that will be telling we'll see what happens there two really good teams i think the zags are a better team as a whole uh, but but uh i think it's going to be a pretty fun game to watch you have two of the top five picks in this upcoming NBA draft in Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs. So again, like I said before, if you're one of those people that don't like watching college basketball but love the NBA, make sure you watch um, Gonzaga. Make sure you watch USC. I guess by the time you guys hear this, the game will have already passed, but I'm excited to watch the game. Oh, also on the women's side of things, there was a heater of a game last night between UConn and Baylor. Went down to the very, very end. It was a controversial no-foul call uh, on a shot that could have tied the game pretty much. Ended it after that, but uh, what a great game. Uh, I would say this, if you aren't checking for some of these women's games and you're a basketball fan, you're doing yourself a disservice. Oftentimes you hear, oh, it's just not as good as the men's. It's not as exciting. Um, that game last night was one of the most exciting games I've seen in a very long time. So don't play yourself. Uh, watch these games. UConn has um, has a player on their team who may be the next one, or at least that's what she's being touted as. I still think that the you know there's some players obviously ahead of her that that should be in the goat conversation. <laughs> not a not a freshman college player. Uh, but Paige is really good out of UConn. Also, um, I mean, if you look towards WNBA, Sabrina Unescu, who hurt herself, uh, hurt her ankle last season, should be back this year, and she can she can straight hoop. So, and again, a lot of the people that say this shit that say that the women's game is boring are, I'm just gonna be honest, are dudes that think that they can play but can't. And uh, I guarantee a lot of these. These women would bust your ass on the court. So that's just my two cents. Um, I'll get off my pedestal now. Coming up, I have my buddy Kurt Pruitt from the Thoughts Inside Our Head podcast to discuss the NBA trade deadline and the aftermath of that, as well as some of the buyouts and his hopes for the Utah Jazz. So without further ado, here's my discussion with Kurt Pruitt. All right, everybody, the NBA trade deadline 
passed last week and uh, there was a lot of movement and, and uh, some players that actually didn't move that we thought would move. So I thought I would bring on my good buddy, Kurt Pruitt from the thoughts inside our head podcast, because last time Kurt was on here, we were doing NFL playoff picks and I'll be damned if we didn't get any of them, right? <laughs> we suck. Why would anyone listen? And and to 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 be clear, Kurt's uh, Kurt's podcast is is for the most part um, heavy on Utah Jazz talk. So Kurt is much more of a basketball guy than a football guy. So um, a little bit of redemption for him. And um, you know, I've I've said it a million times. Uh, I know basketball much much better than I know football. So um, let's hop into it. I mean, there's been uh, again there was there was a ton of moves. And I think, Kurt, what I'm going to do here is just kind of go down the list and we can stop at each one uh, if it seems relevant and we can just, you know, move on if it's not relevant. So um, let's see. Well, why don't we just start with how the day started, uh, the trade deadline day, Thursday of last week, uh, with the Orlando Magic trading Nikola Vucevic, al Aminu to the Bulls for Wendell Carter Jr., Auto uh, Auto Porter and two non-protected first-round draft picks uh, in 2021. So this upcoming draft and one in 2023. So um, I'm going to stop on this one and just say that I wasn't prepared for this. At uh, I think it was 9 a.m. last uh, uh, on trade deadline day. I didn't see this coming. I knew that they were going, Orlando was going to be moving Aaron Gordon as well as Evan Fournier, or at least trying to move both of those players, which they did, and we can get to in a second. But, um, man, this one hurt a little bit because Vucevic has been so loyal. He's been such a good player for the Magic, the, the only player that the Magic have been able to depend on the last four years consistently. Um, so it hurt a little bit. But, Kurt, as I sat there and thought about it a little bit more, uh, we are currently 13th, I believe, in the East. <laughs> in the East, so let that set in. And um, it, when you're going to do a reset, you either say, you know what, we're going to reset everything, uh, or you can't do a half-assed reset, in my opinion. And uh, Orlando decided to go all in on this. So at first, I was a little upset. Okay. I text you. I said, this just might be a therapy session when we, when we talk about the draft, safe the, place. the trade, it's a yeah. safe place for you. <laughs> the trade deadline. But as I looked into it more, um, again, I love Vooch. I two time all-star the, the reason we even made the playoffs twice in the last 10 years, which is disgusting in itself. Um, but he's 30 years old. He's, he's absolutely in the prime of his career, but, um, I don't know if that does anything for Orlando. So moving him for Wendell Carter, who's only 21 years old, right? He doesn't put up crazy numbers, but I think he's around 11 points per game and about uh, eight, eight and a half rebounds generally off the bench in Chicago. Uh, again, 21 years old. Otto Porter's gone at the end of the season. His contract's huge. He's not coming back to Orlando, which is fine. Uh, the thing that I love is the the two non-protected picks, especially coming up in 2021. Uh, and the reason being, right now the Bulls, are uh, tied for 10th place in the East, which essentially, if they keep that up, uh, could make them a lottery team. And, and the lottery is much different than it has been. Uh, you know, the past couple of years, it's much different than it was previously. Uh, everyone has a more fair shake 
to get a, a top one, two, or three pick. Um, they do this because they don't want teams to try to tank, which teams do anyways. So what I'm saying with this is there's a potential for us to have two top five picks in this draft. And this draft is very, uh, very top heavy. The first five, maybe six picks uh, could be really great players. So now that I've sat with this for a couple of days, Kurt, I have drank, I've cried, (laughs) I've poured out some liquor for my guy, Vooch. I'm okay with it. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but that was that was essentially my therapy session. I wanted to let you know I yeah. am okay. That's good to know, honestly, because I do worry about you with your <laughs> with your weak mental. Um, just kidding. <laughs> I think you being an Orlando fan, you're obviously going to have a lot more insight on this. But on the Bulls side of things, so you just said what what's going on with Orlando. The Bulls do get better. Um, I think they're going at least all in on the Zach Levine, like, Hey, here's our guy. We want to be a playoff team. Let's go get him another all-star and see what we can do. Obviously no one's going to win the West or the East other than the Nets or Philly. Um, I don't know if you want to argue that or not, but I don't know who's going to beat either of those two teams. Oh, it's probably going to be the Nets. Yeah. Um, we can get, I'm sure we're going to get into the Nets here pretty soon, but yes. Overall, I think this is one of those trades where both teams get what they were looking for. And that's a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so too. I think, I mean, I hope this year the Bulls don't get better, but you know, let's take a, let's take a, the last half of the season off season for those guys to gel. And they do have a great, you know, young core, like you said, with Levine, uh, marketing, they have Kobe white, um, adding Vooch to that. It's, um, I think they're going to be just fine, but again, I hope they aren't good. There's How many times year. has Otto Porter come up and just trade assets for the my God every single time. A, a lot, but the thing, the thing that's so crazy with him is his contract was so big. So yeah. it's, um, I mean, I'm glad we, you know, whatever, let him play with us and, and go on about his business, I guess. <laughs> Just every, it's the classic, like an auto Porter juniors involved in every single trade you ever hear for five <laughs> years. It's insane. Yep. Nope. You are, you are correct. Um, all right. The two other moves that Orlando made, uh, they traded Evan Fournier to the Celtics for two second round future second round picks. I've stated a thousand times in the past four years that I wish Evan Fournier wasn't on the team. And that may be a little, that may be a little harsh, but the way that the magic organization looked at him. And I think the way that he looked at himself within the organization was that he was supposed to be the go-to guy. And um, he's not, this is a great pickup though, for Boston having Fournier, you know, come off the bench also probably be able to play closing games with Tatum Brown, you know, maybe Kemba. I don't know what that looks like. Um, I think the biggest, the the most glaring thing for Boston and what they didn't do was uh, get a big, get a center that can, that can finish out these games right now. They have Robert Williams doing it. He's not bad. He's very young, but um, they don't have anybody. They, they actually traded Daniel Tice to Chicago, uh, you know, so he's going to be playing with Vooch, which is is a solid backup. Um, So now they have, Robert Williams, Tristan, Tom- the corpse of Tristan Thompson <laughs> and Mo Wagner, who was traded for Daniel Tice. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, good move getting Fournier, but, uh, I don't love what we did in Orlando getting two second round picks. What, you know, unless we find some diamond in the rough. Right. So. Well, here's the thing. What are NBA draft picks? They're becoming such a weird asset. It's like, me trying to understand cryptocurrency, which I have no <laughs> idea how it works anymore. Like how do we determine what this is valued at and who wants them? Like 
Right. Honestly, how often do you see second round picks actually become something in the NBA? Yeah. If it's not a lotto pick, it's probably they're not probably not going to be a rotational player. So I don't understand how these assets work and how teams all of a sudden turn, you know, like two second rounders and a player into a top five, 15 pick. I don't, I don't get it, but yeah. Hey, and if anyone wants to understand cryptocurrency, the will wonder podcast is a great episode on it. Yeah, we did. We did. I have to go back. I can't remember exactly what number, but it was, er- it was earlier and it was, yeah. uh, it was, it was a fan favorite. I got a lot of great feedback on that one. Good. So go back into the archives for sure. Good content. There's a plug in your own podcast for yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last trade the magic made, um, was trading Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to Denver for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a 2025, uh, I believe this is unprotected first round uh, pick. So my thoughts on this one, um, Aaron Gordon, it, it all leads back to how they played in Orlando. And Aaron Gordon was very inconsistent, uh, often injured. Um, I think similar to Fournier, he wanted to be the number one guy, but he couldn't do it. He was, he'd have a game where he'd have 35 points and then the next two or three games, he'd have 12 and 10, you know? So he, uh, but on the other hand, this is a great grab for Denver where Aaron Gordon might be the fourth or possibly even fifth option at times. So I do love that. My thoughts on uh, Gary Harris, he's you know very injury prone. He's a good player when he can play, but uh, he hasn't done that consistently the past couple of years. RJ Hampton's very young, very raw. So I don't know what we're getting in that. He is uh, you know a point guard, which... If Fultz comes back fine, Cole Anthony comes back fine. We already have two of them. So maybe we move him in some type of trade. The 2025 draft pick is interesting to me. I was doing some research. Uh, The year before this, Jokic uh, is a free agent. So I'm not saying he leaves, but there's a potential he leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, Jamal Murray becomes a free agent that offseason. Maybe Jokic is gone the year before. Murray says, I need out of here. They move him and Denver's a bust. And that becomes a top pick. That's very wishful thinking. Um, but I would say all in all, um, Denver won this just for the simple fact that Aaron Gordon can be their fourth option. He can do a lot of crazy pick and roll situations with Jokic where Jokic is actually controlling the ball like he does. So good move for Denver. Um, I don't love it for Orlando. Um, I texted you right when this happened and I was panicking. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Denver got better. And you're like, dude, calm down. He's overrated. So that makes me feel a little bit better. He's, I don't know. Do you think he's better than Jeremy Grant or worse than Jeremy Grant? Um, I, so Jeremy Grant last year had like this crazy coming out. Right. Uh And, and I actually think, um, there are versions of Jeremy Grant's game that are better. The thing with Gordon is he's probably going to be revitalized going to a place like Denver and, and he can get to the hoop. His outside shot isn't great. So, you know, it all depends on what, how they use him in Denver. Um, but I guess the short of it would be if I had to take Aaron Gordon over the past three years, four years, you know, of him playing not consistently, but that type of player to uh, grant in the playoffs last year, I'd probably take grant. So, yeah. but, but again, who knows how, I mean, he, Aaron Gordon said his number is going to be 50 because he got robbed of the <laughs> slam dunk contest, which he did. And he should have got a 50 when he jumped over taco. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's hard for your jazz for sure. Adding yeah. into that roster. Yeah. And you know, that's the biggest concern as we go down. This is you'll start noticing that 
teams in the West got better and we stayed the same. Right. Um, so we'll see how that goes for us come playoff time. Yep. Um, okay. Speaking of the nuggets, uh, they grabbed JaVel McGee for some, you know, a bag of chips, basically. I think it was a second <laughs> round pick. JaVel McGee is a very solid backup uh, center. If you're playing him 12 to 15 minutes, he's going to disrupt things in the middle defensively. Um, not a great offensive player at, by any means, but can get some boards, get some lobs thrown to him. So, um, I mean, a, a great ad by the Nuggets who are, who are really stacking players up to try to make a, uh, you know, they, they filled their holes, I think, to try to make a decent playoff run. So how do you feel about McGee? Any, any thoughts on that? McGee's an anomaly because he's so athletic and so gifted, but sometimes he stares off to in, into space and you're like, is there any lights on? behind those eyes you know (laughs) so many mental mistakes so but like you said if he's not taking up a significant amount of time i mean he's going to help the team right okay i'm going to hit a couple of just smaller trades uh just to say that i actually put them out there and i mean it really we don't even really need to talk about them but i did want to say that the raptors traded terrence davis to the kings for a future draft pick um the hornets acquired brad wanamaker from golden state the Pistons sent DeLon Wright to the Kings for Corey Joseph and a uh, second-round draft pick. So those were some smaller trades. The Raptors were trying to make some moves. Yeah, um, I think the biggest headline is what they didn't do. Exactly, and, and I think all these moves that they were making were because they they actually thought they were going to move Kyle Lowry, but they they believed that you know they're going to get you know three player or four players for Lowry and someone else. And then that was the craziest thing is that it just didn't happen, um, which is whatever. I mean, Lowry's a free agent at the end of the year, so he could potentially go to Miami. He could potentially go to Philly. Um, he is getting older, so I guess it all depends on who's willing to pay him what. But yep. that was very interesting. Also, there was a lot of talk about Lonzo Ball being moved. I'm assuming, I mean, he didn't get moved, but I'm assuming the reason being was that um, New Orleans probably just wasn't getting anything that they thought was decent collateral in return. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I've said it before. New Orleans is such a weird team because they have two great players in Zion and, and Ingram. And then everyone else is just kind of there. Like Steven Adams, I love Steven Adams for how he plays, but he doesn't necessarily fit the team well. And then the, the guards on the team just can't seem to hit a fucking three-pointer to save their lives. Um, so they have to be my disappointing team to this yeah. point. Um, but I, I understand them holding on to Lonzo cause it probably just didn't even make sense that, you know, they probably didn't get anything that they thought was good yeah. enough in return. And I think as like a fan. If I was a new Orleans fan, that has to be a vote of confidence for how your team's trying to handle the situation that they're in. You never want to get shorted on what you think an asset's worth. It's just panic mode. I mean, we're Washington football team fans, so we know what that feels like all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to have like some, you know, a steady ship. It's like, yeah, you know what? He's worth more than that. So let's just hold on to him and see what we can get in the future. So yeah. it's, it's always good. And he's having a decent season. I would think that his value would be going up with the way his shootings changed, but yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And that's, that's probably another reason they were like, all right, let's just see if we can make this work. Um, Cause if they could slide into, and, and they're a little ways out of it, but if they could slide into that 10, 10 or nine spot and get a play in game, like they could yeah. make some stuff happen at least, For sure. at least get past those playing rounds. And you know, um, the league's going to do everything they can to get signed in the playoffs. Like they did for the bubble. So. I mean, they, yeah, they tried last year <laughs> and damn it. I'll be damned if I didn't want it to, but whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, let's see what else. Okay. So th- another 
trade the Raptors had made, I think in, in preparation uh, just to kind of blow things up a bit there, they traded Norman Powell to the Blazers for Gary Trent and Rodney hood. Um, I've loved the way that Gary Trent's been playing mm-hmm. since, since the bubble and even this season. Um, but I think what they wanted was another player that could just score coming off the bench Yeah, and maybe even playing, you know, Dame Powell and CJ all in the, at the very end of, of games when they need buckets. But um, I don't think necessarily one of these teams won this trade. Um, I mean, Denver gets better offensively, but they might drop a little bit on the defensive end. Gary Trent Jr. has been playing really great defense. I honestly hadn't even seen Rodney Hood much this season, so I don't have uh, much room to speak on him. But what are your thoughts on that trade? Um. It depends on how Portland want, wants their identity to be going forward. Um, you know, Norman Powell is pretty much a bona fide, like he'll get you a bucket. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what is he going to do? Gary Trent, I felt like was a good, one of the best 3 and D guys in the league. Am I wrong in saying that, you think? No, no, I agree. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely so up there for sure. I think that, you know, it's like, who, what do we want our, our identity to be? It's, it's an arms race when these tra- trade deadlines come down to the end. Mm-hmm. and who feels like, you know, they're giving the arsenal to their team to win. I mean, at the end of the day, you got Damian Lillard, so you're going to always be in it. But um, I'm kind of on the same boat as you. I'd like to see how this plays out in the long run, but I don't want to play Portland right now to be straight up. We know when (laughs) Dame came back, so. Yeah, Nurkic is uh, is back now. McCollum's back. Like, they're they're full strength full force. They're scary. They're very scary. Yep. Um, one, I, I forgot to touch on one minor trade. It, it was minor in the sense that the players moving, I don't think really shake things up too much, but, um, the Sixers acquired George Hill from Oklahoma city for Tony Bradley uh, and some draft picks. They had Terrence Ferguson, uh, moved to New York and then they, uh, Austin rivers went to OKC. OKC bought Austin rivers out and it looks like he's going to end up going to Milwaukee from all the reports. I mean, the biggest thing here, <clears throat> if Austin does go to Milwaukee, that's a score that they have off the bench, which I think they've kind of struggled with finding someone off the bench that could score for them. He's very streaky, but still, um, it, you know, a guy like that coming off the bench can help, uh, the Sixers getting George Hill is interesting. He he's, you know, for sure in the, in the down, not downfall, but the, the back half of his career. So, um, I mean, he's a good player and honestly what they gave up, you know, Tony Bradley, that's a, that's probably a a solid, uh, trade for the 76ers. Now, I don't know what that does with them in the long run going up against a team like Brooklyn. Um, but you know, they did get better. (laughs) George Hill's funny because i I feel like this guy's going to end up potentially being like a good coach. But right. Sometimes I do too. he thinks his ability is more than what's actually there, at least anymore. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that overconfidence puts his teams in some precarious situations. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe he buys into the role that he has on that team and it helps him out. You know? I, yeah. I, I should have looked up George Hill's, uh, like his three point percent uh, percentages. Because if you're trying to like have him at the end of a game and you have him out there with, uh, with Simmons, I mean, you need somebody who can yeah. space the floor. That's why they have Curry. And, uh, let me see, let me pull this up. This is, this yeah, makes sure. I got, I got for, just, okay. 30, he's at 39% this year from three. Okay. So solid. Okay. 
Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Okay. All right. Well, maybe that trade makes more sense than I thought it did. Okay. Yeah. Still, still a win for the Sixers. Um, all right. Let's move to the East real quick. And um, first, I guess, talk about the Hawks uh, trading Rajon Rondo. I guess, <laughs> never mind. This is back to the West. Uh, <laughs> and then now they're loading up to the Clippers for Lou Williams and some draft picks. Uh, when you first see this, I think a, a very casual basketball fan thinks, oh my God, why would they trade Lou Williams for Rajon Rondo? Yeah, I think you're going exactly where I'm thinking on this. Go yeah, on. and 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 the thing with Rajon Rondo is you don't have Rajon Rondo on your team to, to get wins in the regular season. <laughs> you yep. have Rajon Rondo on your team to, to do work in the playoffs and to... Uh, apparently he's, he's done this well the past couple of years to actually mentor the younger players and talk them through situational things in the game. So uh, that's what this trade is for. Lou Williams obviously can come in and score at any time, but I think that is all that Lou Williams does. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually think this is a, a win for, uh, the Clippers, especially when we get to the playoffs, if everyone remembers last year in the finals, people were like, Oh, well, who's going to be, the Lakers third guy. That was like the talk, the whole playoffs. Who's it going to be? They need someone else. And it was Rajon Rondo in, 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 in the finals. He played amazing. So he's been there multiple times. I think he just helps having someone like him. And then, you know, Patrick Beverly, just to piss off the, <laughs> the other team's point guard or, oh, or, or best, best guard on, uh, you know, playing defense is, is going to be interesting. So what do you think? I think exactly what you said, but to add to that as well, on the opposite end, so Rondo's a playoff player. He shows up in the playoffs. Lou Williams hides in the playoffs. He becomes a negative asset for your team. He, mm-hmm. I mean, this is historically bad yeah. um, with this guy. And so, in a way, it's also addition by subtraction for the Clippers. Um, and then just to add to what you said about Rondo, I think this guy might have one of the best basketball minds from any player, honestly, ever. He just mm-hmm. sees the game differently. And... At one point in his career, he was a a young man who didn't play well with others and he would get frustrated when people didn't see what he was seeing and just kind of go rogue. But now that he's a little bit older, I feel like he has that maturity to where he understands, okay, like I need to explain myself. I need to help these people get better. And, you know, you put that on a team that's destined to at least make a run at the playoffs. And, you know, another thing too is maybe he helps Paul George not turn into just a little beta I don't even know. <laughs> just like the biggest bitch in the league in the playoffs and like actually make them good. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. It is. It is. Um, I thought that they, I still think that they're kind of a, a player away, but then, then again, like, you know, that year that yeah. Kawhi was in Toronto, Kawhi's just a, in a sense, a, I mean, he's just a winner and he, he's a great player. So I don't know. We will see. I think it's going to be very hard for them to match up against the Lakers if the Lakers are healthy, but we'll get to the Lakers here shortly. Um, let, let, let's see. Okay. We'll move on to another trade. Houston had traded Victor Oladipo to Miami, which was Victor Oladipo has been wanting to be in Miami since he left Orlando, apparently. Um, for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek. This is, um, I think this is a great grab for Miami. Um, the one issue that they're going to, they may run into is filling that like starting four position. I think um, losing Olenek makes them smaller, but at the same time, it, if you're, if you're with Butler, uh, uh, um, Oladipo, you know, in that starting lineup, I don't think 
that's going to matter much. Yeah. Um, both of them good defensive players. Both of them can score. Oladipo has been kind of like hovering in the background. You know, when he was in Indiana, came coming back from that injury. And then Houston, I mean, Houston, I feel bad for Houston fans in a way because Jesus Christ, what a, what an <laughs> awful time it's been down there. Um, as a but, jazz fan, I don't feel bad at all. As a fan for humanity, I feel bad for Houston. Um, yeah. So what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, it does nothing. I don't think yeah. this does anything for Houston, right? Bradley's I think it's, defensive. No, no Houston. I mean, Houston's a G league team at this point. <laughs> um, I do like John wall and his resurgence coming back after being kind of, I mean, individually he's been playing. Okay. Which is nice to see because right. um, Washington just kind of dumped him, threw him out to the curb. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this kind of comes down to how they match up against other teams in the East this move makes sense for like a Boston matchup or even a Nets matchup. I don't mm. think it helps them against a team like Philly. Yeah. Philly's too big, too strong, uh, too defensive oriented to where um, you might get bad matchups for Miami. Yeah. And then it'll also be interesting because Oladipo kind of has that stigma of being like a lax dude, just kind of has fun with it. Um, and then you're putting him with Jimmy Butler, <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and heat culture, which we hear all the time. So we will see how that goes internally. But I mean, he apparently he would literally be asking players on the sideline. Hey, can I join your team next year? Yeah, I heard um, that. I, heard I don't that. know if that's, that's real or not. Yeah. It's crazy if it is. <laughs> I love this league, but um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hey, I mean, it's the same thing in the tech world, right? Like oh, we talk, sure. we all talk to you. Hey, what's LinkedIn. going on over there? LinkedIn's like <laughs> yeah. the LinkedIn's the app where it's us talking with the towels on our mouse over <laughs> after after the game, like dapping each other up. That's what LinkedIn is. Oh, that's funny. All right, uh, one more trade for the West that um, uh, I mean, in a sense, could affect Utah in some way is uh, the Mavs acquired JJ Redick and Trey Lyles. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus, Jesus Christ, JJ Redick and uh, Melly from New Orleans for James Johnson and Wes Uwundu. I don't know why I have Trey Lyles there. That's a that's a weird note for me to write down. That is weird. Trey's um, a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Jazz fan in me again. <laughs> Good lord. Um Sorry. but this this is um I mean this is great for for Dallas. You get someone like JJ Reddick who yeah. Can just come off of screens and shoot and shoot and shoot. Melly's a great three point shooter uh, for a big. They lost James Johnson, um, who, you know, they had brought on to be an enforcer, but apparently he wasn't even playing, um, which may serve as an issue in the playoffs. Cause as we all saw last year in the playoffs, the thing with Dallas was, um, you know, they were getting their asses kicked and there was nobody to, to stand up for Doncic. He was just getting punked and there was no one to come in and just take that, you know. Uh, pull the shank out of their sock and shank somebody and just take the fine, right? <laughs> and that, I feel that like dog that, on your teeth. Yeah, I feel like that would have been James Johnson, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean that that's 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 nice adding uh, Reddick and Melly to this. Yeah. Uh, it's it's scary because you know that um, Doncic can get anyone a shot. So, what mm-hmm. are your thoughts? Yeah, it is scary, but I don't know what's going on with this team and the whole. Uh, Porzingis situation. Oh, um, shit show. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, and I feel bad because Porzingis seems like a pretty cool dude overall, but those big bodies get hurt down low and it takes, I mean, the, the weirdest thing can potentially just derail their entire career. I mean, we've been seeing it for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, 
so I wonder what that turns out to be. But you know, Luca is a future, probably. Mm-hmm. I always have to let you know. Probably <laughs> always throw, cover my bases in case someone, you know, when this gets to the masses and they start sending my sound bits saying them saying crazy stuff about Luca. Anyway, sorry. Um, Back in 2021. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt Pruitt. Pruitt. Said, <laughs> Idiot. Um, <laughs> he's probably going to be an MVP at some point in his career. Um, yeah. He's still super young. I think it's weird because he gets around some of the same um, criticism that other players with his much hype seem to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's almost there. I don't like Bill Simmons is all up on this dude saying right. he already is the Messiah, but he's not quite there. But I just need this team to, sh- I feel like this team is kind of what the narrative around the jazz were maybe three or four years ago. It's like, okay, they're good, but when can they make that next step? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, does this help them get there? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's when you're, when these trades are affecting your like second level players, like the bench and uh, matchups for middle of the game. Um, that's when it's really hard to see how it's going to help them or not. So, yeah. I think you hit it on the head with talking about Porzingis. He's he's the X factor. I mean, don't get me wrong. Doncic getting hurt uh, ends this team's chances of doing anything for sure. But but Porzingis, every team needs a number two guy, and Porzingis could be. He's been playing better as of late, but he he that's been his story. You know, since his injury is that. Um, oh, okay, starting to look good. Bam. Okay, he gets hurt mm-hmm. again. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't think that they, you know, make it to a Western Conference Finals with with Porzingis. I think they're going to have to move on from him somehow. Um, but how they do that, I don't know. Uh, his yeah. his contract is so big. Trying to make that money work and get something in return that makes sense is going to be tough. So it's funny as it sounds. I think <clears throat> I think Rudy Gobert would fit in that team really well. With I think he'd play really well with Luca. Yeah. No, I think so too on the, on the, the screen and rolls and then yeah. just having someone underneath that can uh, defend unless, you know, they're playing a top five big, then <laughs> you throw that out of the wall, but everywhere else. <laughs> <would do great. laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of your Utah jazz, let's Here get, we to, go. Here's let's the get to the, let's get to the trade. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, they acquire the Matt Thomas uh, for two second round picks. Uh, and that was from the Toronto Raptors. Again, one of those moves that they were just clearing out, uh, players for picks in anticipation to get Lowry. Um, I mean, we'll be honest here. Thomas doesn't seen a ton of playing time. He is a good three point shooter, uh, when he's in there. Yeah. So your boy, your boy, Tony Jones is all about this trade. Uh, I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't seen a, uh, top tier shooter. I haven't seen anything that Tony doesn't like when the jazz make a move, uh, in my short time of following him on Twitter. But, uh, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think Thomas gets some run for the jazz, uh, in the playoffs or, or is in he the just... playoffs? I don't know if this is a, this year trade. Mm. I think this might be, all right, let's get an asset that like someone that we can see, um, in the future. Okay. As, mu- as much as I hate to say it, you know, Joe Ingles' limitless athleticism. Um, <laughs> Father Time is undefeated. So right. at some point, we're going to have to find that shooter. Um, I mean, Joe, <laughs> I, I don't get Joe Ingles, man. He is so lights out right now, too. He um, is, he's the, Joe Ingles is the older white dude at the, at the Rick or, <laughs> or at Lifetime that is just torching every younger dude that plays him. 
makes and no it sense. doesn't make any sense, but he's just nice. And then afterwards, it looks like he just limps to the bench and has to ice <laughs> his knees immediately. Um, that's Joe Ingles right now. Uh-huh. Again, he's he's getting better with time, which is crazy. Hey, but. Honestly, Joe Ingles, I think the way he plays in the playoffs determines our future. And I mean that yeah. because he either is assertive and he's shooting and getting the ball in other people's hands, or you'll look at his uh, box score and it's like 20 minutes, three shots, three points, maybe an assist and a turnover. And you're like, where the hell was Joe Ingles that game? Mm-hmm. So if he can assert himself, um, our future this year relies on that. But as for this trade, I don't know. I mean, he got run. <laughs> he got run and his he turned the ball over four times. I don't know. Wow. Um, in his first yeah. game. <laughs> okay. His first game I, I didn't man. see it. I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, we played Memphis um two nights in a row and Donovan's right. Donovan's on a tear right now. Yeah. Um, and he, he put us in a position where we could, you know, empty the bench and this guy came in and it wasn't great. I'm really excited though, because you know, uh when I make a player in two K, it almost ends up looking like him. So <laughs> I so this I is you <laughs> a white shooter, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, um, I, I honestly like it's so like he played two minutes a game. Yeah. So I don't really have anything to say. I just got to, we didn't give too much up for it. I, no, you know, yeah. it is what it is. So if it, if it helps, um, one thing that I do think our coaching staff does really well, it's like a, you know, top five in the league is we do find we do develop talent well, but also Quinda's very good at playing to players' strengths and trying yeah. to hide their weaknesses. So I agree. Yep. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I, that that covers the trades, but um, you know, the trade deadline doesn't mean that the trades are the only thing to talk about. Uh, no. because they're trades that don't happen where all of a sudden a player and an organization decide, okay, it's time to move on from each other. Um, you know, buy me out of my contract and mm-hmm. I will go somewhere. So the first buyout that we had uh, was the Marcus Aldridge getting bought out from San Antonio. San Antonio is in a weird spot as a team. Um, we're so used to them being good in the past couple of years. They haven't, um, you know, been great. They uh, Aldridge has been okay. DeRozan's been pretty good for them. Um, but I don't know what that says about, your team as a whole, if DeMar DeRozan is your best player. And I don't think anyone would, you know, disagree with that, but Aldridge ends up getting bought out and goes to the Brooklyn Nets to join James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, a bunch of other dudes (laughs) that could actually play pretty good basketball. So, um, I don't know what this says other than the Nets are, uh, barring any serious injuries. The Nets are winning the East. Yeah. And honestly, probably favorites to win the whole thing. Yeah. Again, barring any injuries and on paper, um, we'll have to see how these guys all mesh together. But mm-hmm. you see these things on Twitter where it's like 52 or whatever combined all-star appearances and all this crazy shit. And you're just like, wow, the league. Yeah. And I, I do feel like this happens a lot though, where at the buyouts, there's always that player that goes somewhere and everyone's freaking out that the entire league's over. And then you realize he is 35 years old and he just yeah. doesn't have much run left in him. Yeah. There is a shelf from last year to this year. He was at 19 points a game and that's down to about 13 and a half, 14 points, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, pretty significant. He's only played in 21 games. Was he hurt this year? 
Um, I he was hurt earlier in the year, and then for the last couple they weeks, they just him sat him out and just yeah. you know because they knew that this was going to happen. Right. They're either trading him or they're buying him out. So right. So we'll just have to see. I honestly would, in my opinion, where they're at in their careers, Lamarcus scares me maybe a little bit more than Blake did when, yeah. with adding him. Blake's just, I mean, he actually has been playing pretty well um, with the Nets, but his body's so broken, and when mm-hmm. you're 100 game is built around strength and athleticism that's a little scary where Lamarcus is like he's a mid-range shooter that's what he's always yeah. been he's yep. just wet from 15 feet yeah so i don't think age matters as much to him and where his body's at matters as much to him as it does Blake. right i always thought and this might be i mean this in a sense is blasphemy but i always thought lamarcus aldridge could be a poor man's tim duncan in the way that they play yeah. with the you know back to the basket bank shots, like you said, 15 yeah. footers. Um, he ne- obviously he never reached that level. Tim Duncan's probably, uh, if not the best power forward, one of the top three ever, yeah. but, um, but I feel like that's Aldridge's game. And yeah, it, it's, it's terrifying when you look at that net roster and if everyone is playing, um, I don't see anybody beating them. And, and, yeah. and even if there's a game in the, like I could see there being load management in the playoffs for the nets. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And it goes back to that, like arms race thing. Like you're looking at who has what artillery or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you look at this and you're just like, that is a lot of freaking firepower. Yeah. Um, and it's what, what benefits in the playoffs is one, one or two guys are playing bad. It doesn't matter. The other guys just, you know, you have more all-stars to fill the hole. Yep. So. There's someone will be playing good. Someone will hit a shot. So, um, okay. The last buyout guy that we had here, um, was Andre Drummond, uh, getting bought out by the Cavs, um, and signs with the Lakers. He's averaging about 18 points a game and 14 boards per game this year. Um, pretty good defensive player. Um, it's scary in a sense for anyone in the West. Um, obviously the Lakers are getting older. AD, AD is not old by any means, but he's been hurt for a while. And I think some of that is just, uh, them being cautious because they know that they obviously need him in the playoffs. LeBron has that high ankle sprain where, you know, you say what you want. He's getting older is probably a little baked in rest for him too. Even if the, the ankle is healed at some point soon. Um, I, the past three, four or five years, I have consistently not believed that LeBron was going to win a championship with whatever team he had had when he won the championship last year. I didn't see it <laughs> in the bubble. They played awful. And then the playoffs came and it was, they were a totally different team. Yeah. Um, and um, so I can't bet against LeBron James. I don't want to bet against LeBron James, but if it's the nets and the Lakers in the finals, I just don't see a way that the Lakers beat the Nets, but uh, we're jumping ahead here, obviously. The the Drummond buyout signing with LA is, is huge. That's a big body to go against guys like Jokic, to go against Rudy Gobert. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Um, a lot of, there's a lot of unknown with this. And what I mean is Andre Drummond in his league has never played in a significant basketball game ever. <laughs> You're right. Been on Detroit. He's bad team. And then he went to Cleveland. Just bad teams. Good player on a bad team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Jefferson situation, right? And then Al got here and he just didn't, you know, he didn't play in big moments. And yeah. that honest, the mentality in that, it honestly is a factor. 
the thing about LA is everyone's going small and all of a sudden they have this front line of freaks. If AD's back, <laughs> they yeah. literally like, honestly, I could picture walking into the, the team's locker room and Drummond just has a, a bowl of glass and he's just eating it, getting ready for the game. Cause that's all this guy does is eat glass. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, Montrez, obviously, who's another freak in nature and just mm-hmm. he's just a hustler times twelve. Um, I like you said, does this get them over the hump to the Nets? Who knows? I mean, we're all to the point like LeBron's the the Tom Brady of the league where you just just don't just, bet against him. Exactly. God, you so, can't. <laughs> you can't. If you're smart with your money, just don't bet against this guy. Yeah. He'll find a way to at least to the finals. Yeah. Um, my hope is that this gets them out of their little slump without AD and Braun. Um, get them back up in that two or three seed. <laughs> get Phoenix to fall down. Let LA battle it out in the second round. Hopefully there's carnage and we can hopefully take care of business and, and see what happens there. I, you know, the Jazz's path to it a, a finals is not through two LA teams, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and Phoenix is tough too, but if I had to choose between a Phoenix and an LA matchup or two LA matches up, I'm gonna take Phoenix over them every time. I think the scariest thing that can happen for the Utah Jazz, and I was talking with a, another one of my buddies about this, is a second round matchup against either the Denver Nuggets or the LA Lakers, which yeah. that could, you know the, a fir- it could very potentially be a first round matchup of the the Nuggets and the Lakers, depending on how things shake that out. That would be awesome. If yeah. We can have it that Nuggets play Lakers in the first round, and then the two LA teams play in the second round. That. That would be the best path yeah. for us. Let let them kill each other, and then we'll just try and. <laughs> but the thing in, in the West, there's no guarantees. Honestly, I, I especially with the team like we blew a three one league or three one lead last year. We mm-hmm. have to be realistic. You know, we have we haven't had great success in the in the playoffs since Donovan's rookie year. So yeah. you know, nothing's guaranteed. We got to stay. When we had we had a little bit of humble pie um, going into the. Uh, all-star break and coming out of it we weren't looking very great we're kind of starting to get that mojo back yeah Um, but you know when you look at where the league got better and what we did by adding um my nba 2k player (laughs) to the (laughs) roster um everyone got better we stayed the same so that's scary as a jazz fan and again you know you look at that nets roster and who has a chance and the only only team that i think that for matchup purposes has a chance is the Lakers. I don't, I don't think I don't see how the Clipper, I would like to see a Clippers uh, Sixers finals too. That would be Um, a lot of fun. Which would be a fun matchup. Just a a whole lot of hustle and a whole lot of defense. It probably would be a lower scoring finals, Mm -hmm. but it'd be really fun. Um, I don't know if we'll get that. I think um, you look at the West right now, jazz are three games ahead of Phoenix. Um, I was, I was, seeing something the other day that said, you know, the jazz have one of the easiest remaining schedules, which is great for them. Yeah. We do play um, Phoenix twice though. Yeah. So that's big. That, that was going to be my next point is that you, you guys play them twice. I, um, I believe somewhat in Phoenix. It's just, uh, when I, I look at Chris Paul in the, in the playoffs, I don't, I think Chris Paul's a great player, but again, historically he's, not great in the playoffs. He's, he always hasn't, you know, done it. And that's, I, I think that inevitably will be the knock on him, you know, after he retires. I, I think he is a top five point guard all time for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I mean, and one of the other top 
point guards all time, in my opinion, is John Stockton, and he never made it happen. Yeah. Um, so it's that's a hard position to be like, okay, I'm going to go. Besides Steph, has there been a guy that's like the point guard's the guy who goes out there and gets you the buckets and wins the yeah. whole thing for you? I mean, Kyrie Irving wanted to be that, right? When he and yeah. he 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 did well uh, in that playoff series where they came back and beat the Warriors uh, with LeBron. But uh, man. I don't think so. I mean, you yeah, you would say Magic Johnson because he was a point guard. Yeah, but, but he's six nine point guard. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, yeah, so it's tough. Uh, again, you guys are three three games ahead uh, in first place. I'd I'd imagine you guys end up in first. Um, but but again, the playoffs these it's a it's a murderer's it's a, row it from a, one to six. Right. It's a beast, man. It's and then you even look at eight right now, the Mavericks. Doncic is terrifying. I don't think that they could, you know, let's say they go against Utah. I don't think they win that series by any means, but it it could be tough. Um, While I have you here, how do these, how are these playing games going to work? So I believe it's just like it was last year uh, in the bubble. So um, eight or I'm sorry, seven will go against 10 and eight will go against nine. And then the winners of those, uh, series would just be put into essentially that seven and eight spot. Great. So, you know, there's Steph sitting there at 10, just wanting to go make a huge run in the playoffs, which is amazing. <laughs> exactly. There's the young frisky Grizzlies. I don't, the Grizzlies don't scare me. No, no, they can't. Well, Jaron Jackson Jr. is coming back. I don't know True. if that, if that totally changes everything for them, but it is a, it's a, it's, it's definitely an upgrade from, you know, what they've, they've had. So, but again, I, I think they're too young. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. and his janky ass shot that somehow goes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then don't forget, New, or- New Orleans could creep in there. New Orleans can still creep oh, in always. there. Adam Silver is doing what he can to get him in there. They are um, a game and a half back right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, Kurt, it's been nice uh, talking some hoops with you. I'll definitely have you on some more, especially when the playoffs come around. Um, yeah. And when Mortal Kombat comes out next month. Yep. Yep. We are doing a Mortal Kombat <laughs> review. Um, don't forget to catch uh, Kong versus God or Godzilla versus King Wednesday, Kong. Wednesday, right? Yep. Can't wait for that. When this podcast drops, the Kong versus Godzilla will be out. Getting um, great reviews, by the way. I don't want to hype you up too much on it, but I think for a monster movie, we're going to be in for a good time. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I love almost all of these movies, like even going back to the old shitty Godzilla movies that <clears throat> were dubbed over in English and the, and yeah. they just looked awful. I, I love those. I love King Kong. So they'd have to, they'd have to really fuck this movie up for me not to like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, that's uh, how but, I thought going into the last season of game of Thrones. And here we are. So, oh, well, I mean, that's, here a, we, are. we can do a whole four podcasts on the letdown of that, but easy. <laughs> um, a- any news on, uh, the thoughts inside our head, any episodes coming up? What, where are we at with that? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard when your counterpart fell in love and has mm. a girlfriend that he's probably going to marry. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm going to sh- have him listen to this, um, yeah. but we're just not on the same page in terms of where our schedules are at, but we'll get something out. Um, gotcha. We'll get back to hopefully consistently a couple few episodes a month, hopefully yeah. a week. I mean, you've been doing really good at it. It's, so. it's, it's been a labor of love. The, the hardest thing has been consistently finding people to jump on the pod. <clears throat> um, yeah you know, and, but it's fun. It's fun. And, um, I know you guys have that, um, 
uh, sponsorship from Crumble that you're oh, you, yeah. you're probably way behind on. So yeah, they're they're getting <clears> they're, they're expecting us, some some pods. So well, what are they going to do to us? You know, we're the biggest podcast in the world, so <laughs> we can throw our weight around at them. Exactly. You could just pretend like you went to another platform, like like yeah. a Joe Rogan thing, and be like, oh, you well, know, we've we've had episodes for forever. Just maybe, only. yeah. Hopefully, that's the only time you compare me to Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Minus your massive shoulders, you guys are yeah, saying, totally right? dude. <laughs> totally, and I eat raw deer. I go outside and just eat deer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just, just kill him with my mouth. Just eat their throat <laughs> like he does. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. All right, All right. Kurt. Well, uh, we'll catch up soon. Um, uh, enjoyed the time again, and uh, yeah, I'll have you back, Mortal Kombat, and then uh, probably once uh, NBA playoffs roll, roll around, we'll uh, we'll hop on some pods then. Cool. Looking cool. forward to it, man. All right, man. Talk to you later. Thank you. Yep. Give me my roses now. Don't wait till I'm underground. Give them the roses now. Don't wait till they're underground. Okay, like I said last week, we have two bouquets of roses to give out. Actually, more than that. But um, the first bouquet, if you will, of roses is more lighthearted, but still uh, makes an impact on my life. Um, the first bouquet of roses go to whoever created the technology behind this and uh, whoever decided to uh, let it pass so you're probably thinking what the hell are you talking about utah has approved the usage of driver's licenses on people's phones so what that means people can use the mobile cards in any transaction uh, where a driver's license is required so traffic stops banks uh, travel age verification for liquor stores and bars. Now, I know you might be saying, who doesn't carry around their ID with them? And I'll tell you who doesn't all the time. My in-laws, okay? I know it sounds crazy, but there has been a number of times in the past where we have gone somewhere where it's considered a bar. And and, and if you're not from Utah, this may not make sense. Utah has some very crazy liquor laws. And um, if the place that you're going to eat is, you know, it's a restaurant, but it's classified as a bar. And again, we this could be a whole podcast in itself as to these dumbass liquor laws. But if it's considered a bar, you have to show your ID just to go in. Even if you're not drinking, let's, you're just eating, you know, and having a water or, or a soda, whatever. Uh, you have to show your ID. So there's been a number of times where either my father-in-law or my mother-in-law have forgotten their ID and we're like, ah, shit, we got to go somewhere else. So now at least one of them will always have their ID on them. My mother-in-law who, you know, wouldn't forget her phone somewhere. Now my father-in-law is a whole nother story. He, I don't want to be putting his business out there, but he has like an iPhone too. And it's just not that important to him to have a new phone. So uh, we'll work on him making sure that he remembers his ID, but at least for my mother-in-law she can just have her cell phone and have her ID on there. Now, this doesn't take a it doesn't go into effect until later in the year. They're they're uh, doing a test run with I think ten thousand people, but it will happen uh, from everything I read by the end of the year. So, hallelujah, great idea. Um, I'm excited for it. So, <laughs> okay, the second bouquet of roses is a little more serious, uh, much more serious actually. Um, the second goes out to all of the nurses and the doctors who have been overworked and, and in, in honestly the direct line of danger and, you know, having to work in these overrun hospitals and, and, and man, I, I, 
this all came about because I listened to, and we all, we've all known about what's been going on the last year, you know, unless you're a denier of this whole thing, then, you know, you should probably just go listen to something else. Cause I can't take that shit. Um, but we've, we've all heard about what has happened the past year and we've seen it on the news, people passing away, you people going in, you know, these, these nurses and these doctors, you know, working these crazy shifts and, you know, having these masks on the entire time. Um, having to be the ones to call family members, letting them know that they're, you know, someone in the family had passed away. The person that was at the hospital had passed away. And, um, you know, that, that's, you know, you can say what you want that, that really is going to wear on, on a person, uh, regardless if they chose to go into this field or not. Um, nobody, nobody was prepared for what we've been through the last year and, and, and I really want to just say thank you to all of those frontline workers um, in these hospitals that have had to deal with this the last year. You know, there's a number of people in my life that are nurses or that are doctors um, that obviously we haven't seen um, in quite a while. But I'm hoping that soon, you know, people are getting vaccinated. The spread slows down. We get back to some sort of normalcy in the next couple of months, you know, whenever that may be later in the summer or whatever. Uh, and that those people can get back to somewhat more of a normal life and schedule. So once again, um, shout out to all of the nurses and doctors that have had to deal with this shit for the past year. Uh, we, we, I'll just say we, because everyone really appreciates you. So thank you. Okay. Well, we are going to head out. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with a very fun episode. One that I'm personally excited for, but I'm going to keep it quiet until next week, obviously. Um, Make sure, until then, you subscribe, rate and review, follow the pod on Instagram at TheWillWonderPod, and follow me on Twitter at DJWillWonder. See y'all next week. Peace.